0: What's up guys, welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you're having a terrific week. Um, Yeah, uh, I'm doing something a little bit different out of the ordinary today. uh, Exclusively listener mail. I'm just answering your questions. Nothing else on the agenda today and I apologize in advance. I have to uh, make it a little bit of a short one so I won't be able to get to all the questions. But, uh, yeah, I picked out a handful of good ones. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I know I keep telling you guys I'm going to do more listener mail, and I end up only doing it once every few weeks. But I promise I will do more. Uh, definitely have some good questions today. Um, first, guys, if you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. And if you want to get involved... Um, If you like what you're hearing uh, and you want to get involved, you can check us out over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the podcast. There's cool incentives if you choose to do so. All right, let's go straight to listener mail. Um, Had some good ones today, so uh, let's have some fun. Uh, Let's see. First up, if you had to vote for one Democrat to be president, who would it be and why? Um, Definitely a good question. Um, I don't know if you mean... uh, out of the pool of Democrats who are running for president or just any elected Democrat right now? Um, I guess I can answer both of those. With, with the folks running for president, I mean, they're all terrible. <laughs> they're all, I mean, I don't know, John Delaney, maybe, the the former congressman from Maryland. You know, I, I don't know. Andrew Yang, is, you know, he seems like a nice guy, but he's a socialist, you know. I, I like a few things that uh, Tulsi Gabbard has to say, but she's a socialist as well. I don't know. Maybe Tulsi, because she's physically attractive. I mean, I guess it would be kind of fun to have a hot president. I mean, I don't know. Terrible reason. (laughs) Just generally, though, I don't know. Joe Manchin's okay. The senator from West Virginia. He's, you know, an NRA member. He's pro-life. He's, uh, you know, at least somewhat fiscally responsible. He was a decent governor. You know, he's definitely a true moderate. Um, You know, somebody like that. I don't know. Look, the thing is about the Democratic Party right now, my relationship to the Democratic Party, let's say a conservative or libertarian Democrat, which there are none. I mean, there are none left, um, you know, was running against Trump and got the nomination, which they never would. I think I'd still vote Republican. I think I'd still vote for Trump because... In my view right now, the Democratic Party deserves to be destroyed, right? I mean, they're full of—they're a bunch of anti-Semites. They support people like Ilhan Omar, a radical Muslim anti-Semitic communist. You know, they, they, they champion people like AOC. Um, they spend all their time calling me a racist and a Nazi because I'm a conservative. I mean, these people don't deserve to win an election, right? Like, even, even if they were a Democrat I really liked, I don't think I'd vote for them statewide or, or you know, obviously for president right now, because I, the Democratic Party needs to be knocked down a few pegs. They need to kind of be burned to the ground and rebuilt. Uh, I just don't think they deserve, morally speaking, to win elections. So, like, uh, I know that wasn't the question, but even if there was a Democrat, I really, really liked I, d- I still don't think I could vote Democrat right now. Hopefully that changes, you know. i I'd like to actually, you know, have to think hard about who to vote for in a, in a general election. That would be good for the country, but unfortunately right now that's just not the case. All right, uh, here's another one. I've had friends and family express how they believe the world is a shittier place now. My belief is that with social media, people are just exposed to the world in greater detail than before. 20 years ago, I think the majority of people were just so used to their inner circle. Um, yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Um, you're hundred percent right. Like, look, anytime people talk about and people on both sides of the aisle, will talk about, you know, getting back to the good old days, right? Like, let's go back to when, when we were truly great, you know? Um, but anytime people talk about going back to the good old days, historians laugh, <laughs> right? That's hilarious <laughs> to any student of history. Cause when were the good old days? I mean, like we, we talk about things like mass shootings, you know, um, how violent America is right now. America is less violent than it used to be. I mean, murders, gun murders, are down something like 25% from the early 90s, from literally 25 years ago. Uh, 25, you know, the, the the violent, or the the gun deaths were, were up 25% over where they are now. I think something like 400 people a year are killed in the United States uh, by rifles. Obviously, the, the majority of gun deaths are from handguns, but more people are killed with hammers every year than with rifles hammers more people are killed by snake bites and spider bites than by rifles quote-unquote assault rifles or whatever so as horrible as horrific as these shootings are just as an example it's not as bad as it was 25 years ago and in the grand scheme of things it's actually not that bad like we're we're pretty safe um in in america right now and you know there were things about the past that, that were better than they are now, like the, the moral fabric of the country. You know, let's say, you know, we'll talk about the 1950s, right? Like, the divorce rate was non-existent. Everybody grew up with two parents in the house. Um, you know, like, people, everybody went to church. <laughs> you know, people hung out with their neighbors. You know, they were more connected to their, their faith, their family, their community. But there was segregation in the South. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, blacks and whites had to drink out of separate drinking fountains. Right? Like one third of the country, you know, we're, we're living under legal racism, like actual institutional racism and segregation. So it's like there's things about the 1950s that, yeah, I'd love I'd love it if we can go back to. But we wouldn't want to go back to a world where you know half the country was segregated. That's that's crazy. So, it's, I mean, like, look at what we've accomplished in the last just hundred years. I mean, we defeated the Nazis. We defeated the communists. We ended segregation put a man on the moon we've cured diseases i mean like i know a couple people personally that had polio when they were children and they, they can't walk right now you know uh, we've cured pol- polio we've cured smallpox look at eight like if you got aids in the you know late 70s early 80s you were you were a dead man the only thing you're gonna die of if you get aids now is old age I mean, you take a pill once a day and you're completely fine. Look at Magic Johnson. He said he's had AIDS for thirty years and he's perfectly healthy. So it's like, yeah, historians laugh and anytime you you say, "Oh, America sucks," you know, in 2019, and we need to go back to the time where where things were better. No, like we live in the safest, healthiest, most prosperous age ever. I mean, <laughs> you know, I I just don't buy that argument. That uh, you know. For some reason, our culture or America in general was better in the past. Just statistically speaking, no matter what you, what metric you're looking at, it's just not true statistically. Uh, this <laughs> well, this is from a friend of mine, and I think they're being facetious. Uh, how much for an ad? Uh, meaning, how, how much does it cost to... For me to do ad reads on the show, um, well, I'll answer it. Even though I don't think it was a serious question, I'll still answer it. Well, I won't tell you how much. Everything's negotiable, <laughs> but <laughs> our ads are very, very cheap. Whatever uh, you know. Look, hey, if anybody in the audience, if you if you own a business or you're you you are marketing something that you might want to have access to the audience. Whatever you think I charge for ads, I guarantee you it's less. <laughs> you know, our ads are very cheap. So, hey, if you, if you own a business, you want to promote something, uh, shoot me an email at thenogamixpodcasts at gmail.com or uh, shoot me a DM on Twitter. Um, our DMs are always open. So, yeah, I'd love to work with you, and, uh, yeah, it's very cheap, very cheap. All right, one more question. Quick one. How does the nation's debt affect us? Well, this... I'm glad you asked. <laughs> How are we affected by the nation's debt? Like, obviously, right now, we're not. But that's going to go from zero to 11 real quick, real quick. And it's going to happen in our lifetime. It's going to happen probably in the next 20 or 30 years. Um, where to start? Um, well, all right. I'm, I'm going to answer that question in a different way as to basically what – once we default on our debt, our debt payments. What are our options? And obviously, you know, first and foremost, the best option is to not default on our debt payments. Um, we are over twenty-two trillion in debt right now. Nobody seems to care, Democrat or Republican. I mean, obviously, not Democrats have never cared about the debt. They they just want to buy votes. Um, but it seems like even Republicans. Um, don't care about the debt issue anymore. They don't care about deficits. Obviously, even President Trump, who I agree with on most things, uh, is blowing out spending right now the same way Obama did, and it's disgusting. You know, the only way, since we're so far in debt, we're over $22 trillion and counting in debt, we have to grow our way out of this. You know, so the, the, to avoid a, a nightmare scenario, we need to completely deregulate the economy. Go back to a true free market capitalist economy deregulate everything, cut everybody's taxes and let American ingenuity let American businesses and corporations grow our way out. And obviously to do that, we need to reform entitlements. We need to either, one, completely eliminate the welfare state, which is obviously something I would endorse, or we need to radically, at least as a Band-Aid, we need to radically reform entitlements. And obviously nobody wants to do that. Trump actually ran on not- reforming entitlement entitlements. He said he's not going to touch Social Security or Medicare, Medicaid, which is awful. I mean, the last prominent politician that actually wanted to reform entitlements was Paul Ryan, and he got, he was just excoriated by the left. I mean, you know, the New York Times and the Washington Post and all these guys would run articles saying he wanted to kill grandma, right? Like he was absolutely clobbered for trying to be fiscally responsible. So we need politicians to come along who actually have the stomach for this who are smart enough and articulate enough to explain to the American people, yeah, we're all going to have to tighten our belts. Um, the, the first move is to raise the age of Social Security. Right now it's 65. Um, that was set in the 1930s when the, uh, the average life expectancy in the country was 63. Right now the la- average life expectancy is 79. So by that metric, by FDR himself, who was a socialist, by his own metric, the age of Social Security right now should be 81. Now, that, that's really high, um, but that that's what Social Security was for. It was to take care of people that outlived the average life expectancy, right? Who are certainly too old to work, and they lived longer than anybody thought they would live, and they needed help. That was the original point. Um, so even if you don't want to raise it to 81, at least raise it to 70, 75, some, somewhere in there. You have to. And even that wouldn't fix the problem, but it would at least be a start. You have to raise the age... That, uh, that people can get Medicare. Um, obviously, you <laughs> can't let Democrats win uh, elections because they want Medicare for all, which would basically end the country. That would bankrupt everything, bankrupt the whole system. But you need to reform entitlements. You need to deregulate everything and grow your way out of this so we don't default on our payments. But let's just say that doesn't happen because nobody really wants to reform entitlements. Obviously, the Democrats are a bunch of socialists that want to regulate, overregulate everything. So, like, let's say... Um, which will happen in, in, in the coming decades, we get to a point where the majority of our federal income or you know, the income on, on our taxes goes to paying down the debt, not actually paying for any of our own programs or military or anything else. And we, we have to default. What are our options? Like what, what happens then? And it, basically, if we are at the point where we're defaulting on our, or about to default on our loan payments, I pray to God that doesn't happen. I pray to God another Calvin Coolidge (laughs) takes office and and, and fixes this whole thing. But if that doesn't happen, we're looking at defaulting on our our loan payments to China and, and others. Basically, we'd be faced with two options. One, inflate our currency. Just artificially inflate our currency. Make our money worth twice as much as it is, and you know, pay off China that way. Obviously, that would sink the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar would be a joke. Um, it would no longer be the gold standard for uh, global currencies. Our dollar would be replaced by probably the yen, not the euro, because the euro is already in trouble now. It would probably be uh, replaced by, by China's currency. Obviously, that would make them the global superpower. At that point, we would no longer be a superpower. Our only other alternative would just say, fuck them, default, and essentially break up the country into a bunch of little countries. That would be our only option. Inflate your currency or just default. Say, nope, China, you're not getting your money back. You should have figured that out at the beginning. <laughs> you're not getting your money. We default. We declare bankruptcy. And we'd essentially end the country and break it up into a bunch of smaller countries. Whether that would mean we'd be you know, 50 countries the 50 states or breaking them up into regional powers. You know, like... California can be their own country if they want to you know bankrupt themselves again go for it and you know Texas and all the other fiscally responsible states could form you know the new United States of America something like that Um, so I mean if we get to the point where we're about to default those are our two options default and break up the country or try to inflate your way out and neither one of those are good Um, (laughs) like obviously I would I would prefer defaulting and, and breaking up the country to trying to artificially inflate our currency and and scam our way out of our debt that way but i pray to god neither one of those things happen because i really like america i don't want to be broken up into a bunch of little countries and uh obviously i like our dollar being the dominant global currency the gold standard for global currencies that that's what ensures our power you know because they need us they need our dollar we are the most trusted currency in the world so i don't want either one of those things to change um, but those would really those are the two options. Like if, if when push comes to shove, if we do not reform entitlements, if we don't bring down spending, if we don't deregulate the economy and let businesses grow our way out of this debt, because um, it has to be a two-pronged attack. I mean, you can't just cut spend- – we're too far in debt to get out of it just by cutting spending. We need to cut spending, but we also need to grow our way out because $22 trillion, it's it's too far gone. You know, if we were $2 trillion in debt, that would be horrible. And we could probably just cut spending and pay it off. But you can't. I mean, it, you need to grow the economy. By grow the economy, I mean, we've had good GDP numbers under President Trump, you know, up over 3%. I'm talking 10%. I mean, to pay down this debt, we need 8 to 10% GDP. And we need to shrink the entitlement programs by half, by 50% at least. And only then would we be able to pay pay down this debt. And I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Depressing <laughs> answer to that question. I apologize. But uh, from where I'm sitting, uh, we only have a few options. And uh, we definitely have limited time to, to figure out our way out of this, this debt. Um, hopefully, we get on it immediately. Um, vote out politicians that don't want to reform entitlements. Vote out politicians that want to raise spending. You know, that's as good a place to start as any. That's kind of our only option at this point. All right. uh, Sorry, I have to cut it short today. I apologize, guys. There's a whole bunch of questions I didn't get to, but uh, I'll save them for the next listener mail segment, uh, which I'll probably do next week. I know I keep saying that, but, yes, I will try to do that next week, too. And I'll, I'll do some listener mail when I have guests on, too. Like, it's been one or the other for some reason, but... You know, I'm sure guests would have fun answering you guys' questions as well. So I'll definitely do more of it. Um, Yeah, hit us up on Patreon if you want to get involved, patreon.com slash no gimmicks podcast. Once again, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, tell everybody about the show. I love you guys. I appreciate you. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks.